This is an exciting Sunday to be here at Three Crosses, and I had the privilege this morning of sharing a little bit about what God has been doing. I was thinking coming into today about Psalm 115, verse 1, that says so beautifully, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. Because of your love and your faithfulness, and I just want to give God the glory this morning for his love and his faithfulness to our church ministry. Uh, you know, I've had the privilege of serving as senior pastor for 23 years, and the beautiful thing about that is, uh, in 82 years of our church's history, as Aaron shared, we've only had three senior pastors, and uh, it's been such a blessing to be a part of this work. And right here on this stage, 23 years ago, this first Sunday of January, Pastor Jake uh, handed off the ministry of the senior leadership to me. And, uh, and today, in only the second time in our church's history, I have the opportunity of handing off the senior leadership to Pastor Danny. And Pastor Danny is an amazing young man. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about him. He came to know Christ right here at Three Crosses as a high school student. Uh, he went to Cal Berkeley and graduated from there in 2002. But before he graduated, he actually joined our staff in 2000. In 2003, he married the love of his life, Jessica, and just the next year, 2004, in obedience to God's calling in their lives, uh, Danny and Jessica moved to Texas where he attended Dallas Theological Seminary, uh, where he received uh, the prestigious degree of Masters of Theology at THM. And, uh, and what a beautiful thing that was. In graduating from there in 2006, he moved back and remained on our staff actually during that time through uh, our web design and web hosting uh, things. And when he came back, he resumed a pastoral role on our staff. And in 2008, he was ordained by our church. And over that period of time, he worked in several areas of ministry. He's worked in our students' ministries as pastor of students, pastors of young families in our church. He became a part of our leadership team known as the team leaders or executive pastors of our church. He also uh, was a, a primary preaching pastor at our younger generation worship service of, called 613 for many years. He's also, of course, been a, a wonderful preacher and uh, minister right here in our congregation. And uh, in 2016, he earned his doctorate of ministry at Western Seminary. And for the last year, Danny has been serving as our executive pastor. So Danny's had an, a ton of experience and he's really a homegrown guy. And I'm so excited to, uh, to have this opportunity today. Uh, Danny and Jessica have six amazing kids, uh, Jackson, Carter, Hudson, Braden, their boys, and then two amazing twin girls, three years of age, Peyton and Harper. And this is a beautiful family. And right now, I'm going to ask our elders to come forward as a part of this installation, uh, this little brief ceremony today. Our elders are going to make their way up on the platform. Um, and you don't see much of these guys. They're behind-the-scenes uh, people who just serve our church ministry, helping uh, the senior pastor make uh, decisions and keeping us in the fairway of work and ministry. And so they're making their way up here. We have Dwayne Doyle, Promote John, uh, Brian Kalsbeek, Randy O, oh, and Ken Berry. And in each one of our services, uh, one of them is going to present a charge to us as a church and then to Pastor Danny, and then we're going to get around him and pray for he and his family. So in this service, we have Dwayne Doyle is going to bring to us the charge and ministry. So Dwayne, welcome. Good to see you. Thank you, Larry. Yes. On August 21st of this last year, we, the governing elders of Three Crosses, unanimously voted 
to call Danny Strange to succeed Larry as our senior pastor and to become, uh, become our next senior pastor. Pastor Danny accepted this call, and today, before our church family, we will formally instate him as our new senior pastor. But before we do that, I'd like to say a few words about Larry. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> hey, this is off the script. Totally off script. <laughs> Larry's been our senior pastor and senior spiritual leader for over 23 years. He is totally and absolutely true to God's word. A humble servant who really cares about people, <clears throat> both inside and outside this church, always ready to share the gospel. He's been on duty 24 seven for 23 years, worked tire tirelessly to serve this church body and those in crisis in our community. While Larry is truly a spirit-led man, we must also recognize Carla as his most amazing supporter. <clears throat> I love you, buddy. When Larry decided that God was calling him to a new season of ministry, he worked with the elders to know God's will in selecting the next and only the fourth ever senior pastor in Neighborhood Church Three Crosses history. <clears throat> we have been so blessed to have Larry help orchestrate a smooth transition to Pastor Danny. We look forward to Larry and Carla's continuing ministry here at Three Crosses. As spiritual leaders of the Three Crosses family, we are grateful to God for his servant, Pastor Danny Strange, and his beautiful family, his wife, Jessica, his sons, Jackson, Hudson, Carter, Braden, and daughters, Peyton and Harper. Now we admonish our church body, that's you, to pray earnestly and regularly for Pastor Danny and his family. As this mantle of leadership is placed on him today, the work God is calling Pastor Danny to is one that he can't do without supportive prayers and willing hearts and the love of God's people. We charge the Three Crosses family to obey the clear instructions given to us in Hebrews 13:17, which reads, I have, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. Now we charge Pastor Danny with the instructions given by the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 5. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep 
your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. We also wish to include in this charge the admonishment of the Apostle Peter. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. 1 Peter 5, 2 and 3. We, the eldership of Three Crosses, believe Pastor Danny is equipped and humbly willing to accept the role he assumes today as our senior pastor. We pledge our support under God to steward our resources in such a way to assist Pastor Danny to carry out God's vision for Three Crosses and to lead our church into all the initiatives God will lay on his heart so that the name of Jesus Christ will always be glorified in this place. Amen. And that the precious gospel of Jesus Christ will go out from here in power to transform the lives of everyone within our reach, to collaborate in efforts to extend our gospel reach to the greater bay and throughout our nation, even to the uttermost parts of the world. Thank you, Dan. At this time, we're going to have Pastor Danny and his family come up on the platform here. And uh, why don't we just get around these guys? Let's, yes, let's welcome them. Why don't you guys go ahead and come? Look at this beautiful family, all of them. Wow, the whole church is coming up. Look at this, it's amazing. So incredible, look at these guys. You guys look really sharp today, wow. Okay, Jessica, oh, beautiful girls, look at that. I used to have one of these, this is really nice. It's great. All right, guys, would you just circle around here? Let's get around, and uh, we're just gonna have a couple of our elders, um, and John Tunger, welcome, John. God bless you, sir. Uh, I didn't introduce you at the beginning. Um, we're gonna just have a minute, and maybe this would be a time where, you know, we the leadership of the church, and we include everyone here, and if you'd like to, just extend an arm uh, in just a, a representation of laying hands on Pastor Danny and Jessica and their beautiful family, and we'll just have a couple of you pray, and I'm gonna kinda look for any of you that would like to, maybe just two of you that would like to pray for Danny, and then I'll close this in prayer. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to welcome our new senior pastor. Lord, as we lay our hands upon him, I pray that you would be with him, be with his family, give them strength and courage to continue to share your word with our people. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you for the work that you've done over these many, many years at this church and now continuing on with the fourth only senior pastor in our history. We just pray your blessing on Danny and his family. We pray your protection on him as, as we're in a spiritual battle in this world that we live in today. We just pray your protection. We pray uh, for all your blessings on he and his family and on our church going forward.
And Father, we just are so grateful, Lord, today that you have been so faithful. Your love has permeated this place, your faithfulness from the very beginning of this ministry. And Lord, we just dedicate Danny and Jessica and their beautiful family to you. Lord, we want to serve you as we uh, come under their leadership today. We pray your protection over them. We pray that they will never, ever feel alone in ministry, that they will know that the church family, the body of Christ is with them. They are, we are their family as well, and they'll never have to serve alone, not to, not to mention the fact that your Holy Spirit will dwell within Danny and lead him as we continue to do this work, Lord. And we pray, Jesus, that it would always and only be about you in this place, that you would give Danny just a, an amazing anointing to always bring glory to you, Jesus, that your name would be seen and heard on his lips and through his life and through every fabric of this ministry until you return, Lord. And we thank you, Jesus, for providing the leadership, Lord, and we look not to a man but to you. You are the head. We follow you, Lord Jesus, but thank you that you place people in our lives. And so, Lord, we rejoice we extend, dear Lord, our hands of love and care and shepherding over this family as they shepherd us, all to the glory of God. And all God's people said, amen. amen, amen. Can we thank the Lord and give the Lord a praise offering this morning? I like you guys. Thank you. Okay. Very well done. You guys can all go down. And now I have the opportunity to just bring one little word to Danny. Lunch? So, Danny, uh, when I became senior pastor of this church, I felt like there were some pretty big uh, shoes to fill. And, uh, and Pastor Jake was an amazing uh, leader to me. And when he passed the baton on to me, I just thought, wow, how can I do this? But the Lord and God's people were so faithful in bringing about everything that was needed. And in 2013, Pastor Bielig went home to be with the Lord, and his family was gracious to give me a few pairs of shoes of Pastor Jake. <laughs> and for the last five years, I've been wearing Pastor Jake's shoes. I've literally been walking in his shoes wow. as I've preached week after week. And today, as a symbol and a gesture of love, I am giving you my favorite pair of Dr. Bealey's shoes, and I pray that every time you wear these shoes, you will be reminded of God's faithfulness to you and to this ministry for now 65 years. And when I put these shoes on for the first time, Danny, they felt a little big, and they might feel a little big for you too, but you're going to grow into them. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce to you, for the first time, your new senior pastor, Dr. Reverend Danny Strange. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. Yes. You guys, you should sit down. You should sit down. Those shoes terrify me. God bless you. Thanks, Tim. I remember the first time I met Larry. 
I'm sure you don't remember this. It was 2001. I had just started working here as an intern in our junior high department, and I went up to the office to go check the student ministry's mailbox, and as I'm rifling through the papers, who should emerge from his office but Dr. Larry Vold himself. I've never met Steph Curry, but I'm sure I felt the exact same way as if I would find myself with Steph Curry. I'm looking in the mailbox and I'm, I'm like shaking. I'm thinking, can he see that I'm shaking, right? And I start having this mental kind of fight with myself. You know, do, should I talk to him? Do people talk to Larry? Is, it, is that allowed? Is, would he want that? And I just resolved, you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bother him. He's a busy man. He wouldn't want to talk to a guy like me. And, and so I grab the things out of my box. And, and as he comes towards his box, I just look at the ground and start walking around. And, and Larry stops me and he says, good to see you, Danny. And I thought, he knows my name. <laughs> it's crazy to think that over 18 years, we'd actually get to work together and devote hours and hours and conversations and retreats and time and trips and life and mentoring together. I was thinking the other day, do people ever feel like that when they meet me for the first time? Like, are they gonna be scared of me? God appoints specific leaders for a season, for specific reasons. And I am so thankful to God that he has appointed Larry for these last 23 years to be a mentor for me and for a shepherd for us. And the, yes. And Larry's brought such an amazing, beautiful, biblically-centered, gospel-driven, stabilizing, loving force to our church for 23 years. One of the things that we love about this place is it feels like everything kind of stays the same, right? This is not the place where we do crazy stuff, try weird experiments, do all this wacky things. It feels like a very safe and stable and loving community. And I think a lot of that is a testament to, to Larry's flavor of leadership that God brought and equipped him to bring to us for these last two decades and more. And yet if you ever turn around and look back over the last 23 years, you see that actually this place has changed a lot. Our, our largest Sunday in recorded history was like three weeks ago. Larry's been a pastor that has just faithfully taught the word, faithfully cared for folks, faithfully preached the gospel, and God has added to the numbers, like it says in Acts, daily of those who are being saved. This facility is way different today than it was in 1996. We have thousands of people coming up monthly to, to receive love and coffee at Cafe Four to connect with all of our different ministries, to hear the gospel in men's ministry, women's ministry, student ministries, the Academy of Arts, all over the place. We have hundreds of volunteers up here, week in and week out. We have 115 people on our staff. 50 people have devoted their lives full time to serving here at Three Crosses. And all of this has grown quietly and humbly and beautifully under the leadership of Pastor Larry. It's amazing to think what God can do when we surrender ourselves to him and let him do his thing. And yet it's a little scary to look at these pair of shoes now. Because one of the, the biggest questions that I've gotten these last few months is, 
is the same question that everybody brings to me every time they hear about this news. They come in and they say, are you ready to step into Larry Fold's shoes? One of the phrases that people love to say is, how does it feel to be Larry 2.0? And some people hit it in the negative. They say, hey, don't worry. You don't have to be Larry 2.0 or anything. But that phrase, Larry 2.0, it just kept hitting me like it's this software upgrade or something. I want to say there's a lot of bugs in this software. This is not an upgrade. If the sentiment that people kept bringing out over and over again was kind of what Larry joked out with, with Jake and with this role and, and with stepping into this role after Larry's tenure, there are some big shoes to fill. And God has done some amazing things and God has created Larry to be an amazing shepherd and pastor and teacher and a man who loves us desperately. And so when people say, how does it feel to step into his shoes? I could say, it feels a little bit terrifying. And I think behind the question, I think sometimes it feels a little terrifying for us, too. We're here because God has impacted our lives through the ministry of Larry, and now some new guy is here. And some of us are here because we came to Christ sitting in a room where Larry preached the gospel, and now some new guy is here. Larry's been in our homes. He was in our wife's hospital room. He married our kids. He officiated our wedding. And now Larry 2.0 is showing up. <laughs> what does he know? As we close our time this morning in the scriptures, my heart has been drawn to 1 Corinthians 3. Because the question that I keep asking God for our congregation in the midst of this leadership transition is this. How do we as a church transition from a spiritual leader that has impacted our lives so greatly to someone new? And I believe that the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 3 helps a church that's struggling with a few different issues than we have navigate this very issue. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there, 1 Corinthians 3. I'll turn there as well. We're going to spend most of our time right around verses 5 through 9. The church at Corinth, they had an issue that's, that's not really what we're having right now. They had, they had the Apostle Paul who founded the church, laid this foundation of the gospel. So many people came to Christ under Paul's ministry, and he was a missionary, so he moved along. A new guy, Apollos, showed up and started teaching the people, and new folks started falling in love with this new spiritual leader named Apollos. Other people took a more spiritual route when some said, oh, I love Paul, and other people said, I love Apollos, and some people said, I love Larry, and some people said, I'm a Danny guy. Other people said, well, I'm a Jesus guy myself, right? <laughs> and so Paul writes this letter, and in this portion of the scripture, he's addressing the church's love for the different spiritual leaders among them. And this phrase that he starts with in verse five is the phrase that's been sticking in my mind to humble me as I strive to think about becoming Larry 2.0. He says this, what after all is Apollos? And what is Paul 
Now, as a spiritual leader myself, it humbles me to think he doesn't even use the word who. He doesn't say, who is Danny? Who is Larry? He says, what is Apollos? And yet he says the word what on purpose because he's about to answer that question. What is Paul? What is Apollos? What is Larry? What is Danny? Only servants through whom you came to believe. I think this this idea that spiritual leaders are servants through whom we came to believe is probably the reason that we all love Larry. Larry, a few weeks ago, we've been meeting weekly for the last year and talking about ministry and leadership and teaching and shepherding. And and Larry, I don't know if it's okay for me to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Larry said, you know what I'm going to miss most about being the senior pastor? He said, when I meet someone for the first time, they think that I'm supposed to be so important because I'm like a pastor of a big church or something. And so then when I serve them and I show them that I'm nothing, you know, he takes out their trash, he mows their lawn, he goes to the visit in the hospital, he helps them with their homework, whatever he does, right? Like I said, when I do that, it's so much more powerful because I get to serve people when they expect that I'm not the kind of person or don't have the type of position where people do that. Now, he got that from the Apostle Paul. We, we are servants. And we see this modeled in Jesus himself. Philippians 2 tells us that though Jesus was by very nature God himself, even Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But what did he do? He humbled himself taking the nature of a servant and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Spiritual leaders, Paul says, are servants. And they're servants through whom we come to believe. I think that's the other reason that we fall in love with spiritual leaders is because if God has impacted your life in a significant way, there's a big chance that he did that through this servant down here, Pastor Larry Bull. And so it's so easy for us to say, well, I love Larry because I met Jesus through Larry's ministry. I love Larry because he serves me. I love Larry because he doesn't think highly of himself. I I love Larry. I don't know about this new guy. I love Larry because he's the servant that God appointed for me to come to faith in Jesus. And you can't, no one else can give that to you. And there's only one person who preached the gospel that ultimately caused your conversion. A lot of people punched in along the way, but chances are there's someone in your life who's impacted your life spiritually in an amazing way. And they have a piece of your heart that no one else has. And yet Paul talks about the fact that we are servants through whom we all believe, not to put pastors and leaders on a high pedestal, but to put them down in a lowly place where they belong. They're not lofty. They're not God. They're servants of God. He gives this analogy, says it's kind of like a vineyard. And God himself is the owner, the proprietor, the founder of this vineyard. And we're all fellow laborers, laborers in this vineyard. So Paul says, "I, I planted the seed and Apollos watered it. We all played our part. He says, but God, God made it grow. It's his vineyard. So Paul says, don't fall in love with spiritual leaders. Don't fall in love with me. Don't give your affection to me. Don't give your affection to Larry. Don't give your affection to to Charles or Lindsay or Annie or Austin or any of our spiritual leaders in our community. Don't give your affection to them. They're just servants of the one that all of us are following. 
<laughs> he comes in a little harder with it. After he says, I planted the seed of Paulus water, God made it grow. He says in verse 7, so neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. I want to make sure that that all of us continue to understand, and Larry has taught this and modeled this so well for 23 years, that if any human being has or will ever impacted your life in an amazing way, it is not them who has done it. It is the God that they serve who has done it through them to you. And we need to make sure not to misplace our affection towards spiritual leaders or worldly leaders, any kind of leaders, because anyone who submits their lives to Christ, it is him who is flowing through them to bring transformation to you. And I was thinking this week, what, what would it be like if, if I sent you to an amazing restaurant, like an amazing restaurant, to sit under some brilliant chef, right? I send you to Napa, to Yountville, to go sit under Thomas Keller and let him cook something amazing for you. And you show up at the restaurant and you're you're so excited. You hear that this man's an amazing chef and and you get whisked in, you get sat down. There's no menus, right? They just start bringing you out food. This woman comes up and she says, hi, my name's Samantha. I'm your server this evening and you're going to have an amazing experience. Thomas has prepared some great food for you. And she starts coming out with little appetizers and soups and salads, 12 courses of food, and it's just coming and coming and coming, and it's amazing, and everything is beautiful, and it's delicious, and it's executed perfectly, and it's the most brilliant experience of your whole life, and you leave, and you're full, and you're satisfied, and you're thinking, that was amazing. And then you call your friend, and you say, I gotta tell you about this woman named Samantha. She brought me some amazing food. She's a miracle worker. She brought me this soup. She brought me this salad. She brought me this game hen, right? I don't know what she brings. She brought me all this amazing food. She's so marvelous. If that's what you say, I think you missed the point. She just brought you the food. But Thomas Keller prepared it. And Larry has brought us food for 23 years. Lord willing, I will bring you food for 20, 20 plus years, but, but we're just waiters here. If anything nourishes you, if anything transforms you, if anything changes you, encourages you, rebukes you, cuts you to the core, it is not the waiter who did it. God is transforming your life. Of course, Samantha's an amazing waiter. Larry's the most amazing pastor I've ever met. But Larry's the one who taught me, we're, we're just servants here. We're waiting tables. And God himself is preparing the meal. I'm thinking about becoming Larry 2.0. <laughs> this last year being the executive pastor has been really helpful. You know, the, the role of an executive pastor is to extend the presence of the senior pastor throughout every strata of the organization. Been serving Larry, no problem, right? He's not a. You can cover. I, I guess you're not my boss anymore. He's not a hard driving guy. He loves me, right? <laughs> I, I know Larry. I know his heart. I know how to extend his presence. I know I, I could ask myself WWLD when I have to make a decision, right? What would Larry do? <laughs> but 
But in the midst of this last year, that was, that was part of my job. The other part of my job was to figure out how to be Larry someday. Right? If this transition happens, I'm not just the executive pastor. Like, I'm, the new, I'm WWDD now, right? I'm, the, I'm this guy. And I spent a few months just trying to be Larry, right? Like, put on his shoes. I said, Larry, how, how many people do you visit w- with each week? He's like, I probably do, what you say, 12, 15 meetings with people every week in the congregation. I'm like, okay, I'm on it, right? And so I'm meeting with people, and I'm sweating, right? And I'm taking notes, and then I have my prayer journal, and I'm trying to pray through everybody, and right? I want to share the gospel with everybody. And I, was try- I felt like Saul, you know when uh, David puts on Saul's armor to go fight Goliath? I'm like, this is heavy. How does he wear this, right? And I couldn't figure out how to do it. I'm like, if I'm supposed to be Larry 2.0, I can't even step into Larry 1.0 shoes. And I was really reassured when I read this passage because what I see in 1 Corinthians 3 is not just that all of us are waiters, but I see that all of us are different. Paul, Paul draws that out in several different ways when he talks about, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it. He says, We're, we all have one purpose, but each of, each of us will be rewarded according to our own labor. Then he says in verse 10, by the grace God gave me, I laid the foundation as an expert builder and someone else is building on it. It's almost like he's saying, okay, let's move away from the vineyard analogy. Now this is God's building project. It says the foundation, Paul says, I laid the foundation. Newsflash, it's Jesus Christ, right? It's not Paul. Jesus is the foundation of this building. And I laid that and I did that with care as an artisan expert builder. I laid a strong foundation. And now Apollos, Apollos came in. Right? He's the framing guy. He started putting up walls. I don't know how to build a house. Right? He started putting up walls. That's what you do next in my house building analogy. Right? Somebody else is coming in. They're doing the subflooring. Someone's coming in. They're doing the tile. Someone's the sheetrock guy. There's a mud person. A roofer's coming in. Right? All these subs are coming in. Who owns the house? Who's the general contractor? It's God. And yet God appoints various leaders who come in as subcontractors for a season and do their piece of the building project. So I think the thing that made me the most scared about stepping into Larry's shoes, God is trying to say, no, 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 it's not your job to be the next Larry. This subcontractor finished. Hopefully he did a good job and we know that he did. And now you're coming in, I'm calling in a new sub. And you've got the next phase of the building project and now I called you in because I've equipped you for this purpose, whatever it is. It's funny, if my job is to be Larry 2.0, it's terrifying. But if I'm a subcontractor and I come in and Larry built a strong foundation or Larry did his job really well, he's the framing guy, he built a strong frame and now I'm the roofer, right? I'm actually really glad he did a good job because it makes my job easier, right? If I have to come in as Larry 2.0, I'm hoping he was kind of terrible so that I could be a little bit better. But if I'm coming in as a different sub, coming in to do a different part of the building project, I am praying that everyone who came before me did good, strong, solid, ethical work and didn't cut corners. So when I do the portion that I've been hired to do, I know what I'm getting into and everything goes according to God's plan. Over the last few months, we've been doing this kind of underground project that comes out next week. We've been doing a documentary on the history of our church studying the, the timeline, inter- interviewing the key players, hearing the stories about Earl Sexauer and Jake Beleg and all the ministries that were launched. And for the next three weeks, just keep coming back. It's unbelievable, this video that's coming together. It's going to be so encouraging and God-honoring and 
Amazing. So check that out. But as I think through the history of our church, I see all of these amazing servants that God brought in to do something very specific. We learn about Earl's sex hour from 1937 to 1954. Earl was an innovator. He launched the port. He launched the bus ministry. He launched the illustrated sermons. He launched the radio station. He launched Sunday school. He launched the church itself. He launched and innovated all of these amazing creative things. Earl's sex hour was an innovator. That was his role in the building project. If you were here until 1996, and I got to sit work with Jake Bielek for a little bit, you know Jake Bielek was an evangelist. There's a book we were reading that someone wrote in 1973 about the fastest growing innovative churches in America, and the last chapter is devoted to our church. And, and it starts out with a story about Jake Bielek. The man comes to interview him for this book that's being written, and Jake's too busy to meet with him because he's leading a family to Christ that walked up onto the campus. Jake shared the gospel with everybody. You don't sit on an airplane next to Jake Bielek, right? And Jake was an innovator too, but he started weaving this evangelistic fervor into our church in every aspect of our ministry. And then Larry shows up in 1996 as the senior pastor, and he's an innovator, he's an evangelist. And yet we all know Larry is a shepherd. Larry loves us. He cares for us. His heart breaks for people who are far from God. He rushes to the hospital to care for you, to pray for you. He loves God's people. He's an amazing evangelist, an innovative minister. Larry's a shepherd at his core. And now 23 years later, this new guy shows up. And I'm thinking, okay, well, what am I? If I'm not the innovator, if I'm not the evangelist, if I'm not the shepherd, what am I, what's my role in this building project? Right? You don't hire a subcontractor and say, I'll tell you when you get here what your job is to do. And yet I think that's where the analogy starts falling short. I know how God has wired me. I know how God has gifted me. I think I'm pretty self-aware about the things that I struggle with and the things that I have success in. And yet, like we see in this passage, my job is not to come and build anything, really. My, my job is to show up the same as Larry's did and, and listen to the Lord and see what he calls me to do. And hopefully 20 years from now, somebody else will get up here and say, let me tell you the word that describes Danny's ministry. And it's probably not going to be innovator. And it's probably not going to be evangelist. It's probably not going to be shepherd. But it's probably going to be exactly what God wanted our church to have for these two decades of ministry to come. You know, it's scary to think about putting on Jake Bielek's shoes. I'm actually wearing a pair of Jake Bielek's shoes right now, though. I asked my friend Tyler, I asked Larry first, do you have a pair of, Larry, of Jake's shoes? He's like, yeah, you can borrow it, but you can't have it. I'm like, all right. And then I asked my friend Tyler, do you have a pair of Jake's shoes? He says, yeah, you can borrow them, but you can't have them. I'm like, is there any person godly enough in the world to give me a pair of Jake Bielek's shoes? <laughs> there it is. And yet stepping into someone's shoes feels a lot more beautiful and stable than trying to be their clone, doesn't it? Walking in the legacy that they left, building on the strong foundation that they left, is a lot easier than trying to copy what they did. There's a charge in this passage for me. It says build carefully. Build carefully, don't ruin the foundation of this thing. I commit to you, I commit to myself, I commit to God that I will never tamper with the foundation that has been laid on this church, which is Jesus Christ and his gospel alone. 
There's a charge to the pastor. Be very careful how you build because if you build with cheap materials, it'll get burned up on judgment day. But if you build with stable, sustainable, long-lasting materials, it will hold the test of time. Be careful how you build. I commit not to run experiments on God's church. I commit not to do crazy things and leverage this place and do dumb boneheaded things. I'll make mistakes. I'll do boneheaded things. But I won't play fast and loose with the church of God that he has purchased with his own blood. And the judge or the, the charge for the congregation in this passage is found in verse four or verse five of chapter four. He says, Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He says, Don't link yourself with spiritual leaders. Don't try to judge their work and see if it's good or not. That's God's job. And leaders will be held accountable before God himself for how he treated their church. But reserve your judgment. (laughs) If you were working in Noah's church, you'd think he was a crazy person, right? But he was following God. And let them be judged by God on judgment day. As we step into these next 20 years together, and who knows, Earl Sexauer died at 40. Maybe it's the next... 20 minutes together until the Lord returns or calls me home my commitment is to honor the foundation of the gospel and the foundation of Jesus that is laid in this place and built carefully based on what the Lord reveals to me and to us of what he would have us to do in this place so that we might have a strong building to his glory and in his honor and along the way don't worship me don't worship Larry don't worship anybody else who comes to this place. Worship God alone. Let me pray for us and then we'll sing together.